You're listening to Sports Channel 8, North Carolina's number one sports network. That is Ben Swain. I'm Hayes Permar. The light's on his side of the room. We'll see how this video ends up looking. I'm going to try and put an eight on that green screen there. If not, it's just going to be a it's just going to be a green screen. That's but fine. we'll see. And you may only be listening to this on audio on SoundCloud or on iTunes, which you sh- can and should subscribe. And if you are only listening on audio, the eight looks fantastic. It's amazing, and it's done up perfectly. And we're both beautiful and buff. Uh, but no, we uh, we got a great podcast. We got eight things we're going to talk about, and then a uh, pretty big guest, Mike Shashevsky. Um, I think he's looking for parking. Is that a big deal? He's looking for parking right now, just like Lavelle Moten was earlier. Um, but yeah, it's, parking is not great, but our studio is great. How does Coach K not have a parking spot already just reserved for him downtown? Oh, we thought Lavelle Moten would. And if Lavelle Moten, uh, if, if anybody would, it'd be Mike Krzyzewski. And then after that, Lavelle Moten. But wouldn't it be amazing if Mike Krzyzewski had some tag? Like, I, I don't know how much. It's, I'm around downtown Raleigh a lot, and there's certain squares that are blocked off. For legislatures that can they can just park on the street right. basically if they have the right tag and I feel like Kay should just have a tag that like he could just pull up on a curb somewhere if he needs to like <laughs> that, that, that handicap spot's a little far yeah. away I had surgery yeah. a couple months ago like I could just I'm just gonna just roll up here. What if he does have a handicap tag? Um, if he does, he, he he probably makes his wife put it in her his yeah. car. He's probably like too proud to use it. How much how much does Coach K drive? That'd be that'd be an interesting question. That's a good question. In general, how much does he drive? Uh, all right, but we got plenty of topics, including talking about Coach K and college basketball is back. Always one of the biggest sports in our ne- neck of the woods. The only sport where we um, consistently believe where we sort of dominate the country. Um, and based on how many two national championships in the last five years? When was Duke's last one? 2015. 15. Two, yeah. two in the last three years. Yeah. We're back on top, and uh, we got a, another preseason number one. Uh, and the ACC should be good again. So let's start off with topic number one, and that is talking about the Champions Classic. Is that the official name? It is called the – I know it's confusing because Michigan State's in it, but yes, (laughs) it is called the Champions Classic. Kentucky beat Kansas. We probably won't talk about that because Matt Jones is not our guest today, but we will talk about (laughs) Duke uh, going on a late run to close out what was basically a back-and-forth game uh, and to win over Michigan State, who was number two at the time. My question to you, Ben Swain, is how will – would Tom Izzo's career be different if he never had to have faced Roy Williams or Mike Krzyzewski? <laughs> well, he'd have uh, he'd have what twenty fewer losses. So he'd have a lot fewer losses, um, and that would obviously be more wins. He'd have. He did, I think it's. I think it's honestly starting to eat at him. How like, many the, national titles would he have? I mean, one oh, directly, man. right? UNC yeah, one, beat him in a final, and then and but, then Duke beat him in the semis in 2015, and UNC beat him in the semis in 05, I think too. And I think Duke beat him in the semis in another year. Too. I mean, it's yeah. just you, you got to think again. There's one directly where he lost. Kira. He almost got a title if if the banners had come down, right? If no, not, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> that's what you think he wouldn't be claiming two rings. <laughs> right. um, no, but uh, but yeah, I mean, how, we know. I think one directly where he was a runner-up to uh, Roy or Kay, and then multiple semifinal losses. Um, who knows? Uh, you, what what signs show you that it's eating at him? Well, he, he so he went with the blow by handshake last night. Oh, really? Yeah, he went with the blow by handshake. All right, I'll have to go back and examine. I'll take I'll take your word for it. Um, There's no talking that. that, that they feel like I feel like those two are smart enough to to not have any beef, but and they went the the announcers went on like a 
a tangent last night talking about it. Yeah. Talking about how it's how it's eating at it. He's a competitive guy and yeah. wants to beat everybody, but he's sick of losing to, to Kay and Roy. The people who um who I really think it used to dig at is Carolina fans. Well, at least Carolina fans who are also Roy Williams fans. I won't speak for all Carolina fans. Um but when you know, when, you, when you would always especially before the most recent title, you'd see these lists of like the best coaches yep. and Izzo and sometimes, you know, Tony Bennett and like Greg Marshall at Wichita State would all be ahead of Roy Williams. He's the go-to when you don't want to put Roy or Kay at the top of your list. You just want to put somebody else in there. It's interesting. He's the like, guy. Izzo is the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, of course, he does have still have that regular uh, run of, you know, like performing poorly in the regular season, even though you have NBA-bound players, so that you can then advance to uh, an Elite Eight as a six seed. And then, right. you know, everybody starts the, talking about you. Of, yeah, the, yeah, but after, after last night, he's 1-11 against – against Coach K and is actually now one in eight, I believe, against Grayson Allen, who's been at Duke for 15 years. <laughs> for, for most of those. Yes. Well, that goes into our question number two. Let's talk about Grayson Allen. He was sort of the hero last night, um, pulling off shots, 37 points. Many of them were well guarded. I think maybe only like two open threes, several long distance threes, getting a shot off quick. It looked like an NBA ready game, but obviously uh, he's here for one more year in college. My question is, has Grayson Allen now stuck around long enough to be cool slash likable again? <laughs> I'm going to say yes for, for two reasons. We were trying to remember the exact line from, from Batman, I'll right? You're going to pull it up? It. Yeah, yeah, you but I'll, I'll go with, the, I'll go with the, the, the one that's easier. I'll talk about the people side of it before we talk about the Grayson Allen All side right. of it. It's, it's hard to hate something for a long time. And I feel like like he got booed last night, but I don't feel like anybody's heart was in it, you know? Right, uh, right, right. It's just like, man, I'm so tired. When like, it came out, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they don't even know what they're booing for. Um, hold on, I don't have the quote yet, so keep talking. Okay. Um, um, so he, Talk he, about his performance, maybe. I'll get he, you he, had a, he had a hard foul at one point. Um, people were upset that uh, he embellished a, a call on a, a three-point shot. But, again, it's – you know, that's what everybody – you watch Steph Curry, he does that all the time. It's just what, what sure. basketball players do. Uh, but, man, he was great last night. The The biggest thing for, for Duke and talk actual basketball here for a second is that he's not forcing anything like he, he used to. Right. Um, yeah, he wasn't forcing drives especially. Having a guy like Trayvon Duvall on the team lets him hang out and kind of be a shooter instead of, instead of a slasher. Uh, so, you know, he – he did a really good job last night, and, and one thing that, that Duke fans really latched onto after the game was were his post game comments, where the sideline reporter and I don't know her name, and I actually want to get to her in a little bit because I got something for you, Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor is yeah. that who it was? Okay, um, she gave him the opportunity to be like, "Yeah, that was a great game for me," and he just only mentioned teammates, right? And and, and Duke fans love that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, feel good. Okay, I didn't read as much into that. I, I go back to like you know when we sat with him at ACC championship and he made jokes about getting roasted on Twitter. He right. brought up Ted Cruz, right? You know what I mean? Like that seemed more at ease. And the, they showed that Jeff Goodman interview pregame, and I think he you know he did have to throw out some usual quotes about learning from last year that felt a little bit like yeah these are the interviews that you gave everybody the year before. And I felt like it, not that he again not that he was avoiding anything this year by not talking about the, the tripping stuff. It just like he, um, he didn't seem like uh, he had a, a message he had memorized and was trying to get out. So he seems very at ease. And, and as we talked about, his game does look NBA ready, especially if he could shoot that dang well. But um, 
a lot of people said he needed to mature based on some of yeah. the, the ways he acted and reacted, and maybe he saw that too and said, "Let me take one more year um, and uh, and do it." So I do wonder how surprised Seth Greenberg was that he didn't quit basketball <laughs> like he thought he Which, should. Like, uh, was Seth Greenberg was back on it? Like the the, the um, he wanted to lock him. He wanted to lock. He, he wanted the locker up chant. He's, ca- he? he's Captain Draconian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think he said the the UCLA kids. I think he went with they should be taken back to China and they should have to serve their time. Yes. In the Chinese prison. Yes. No, it wasn't that, but he was. And and Jason, Jason Williams was giving him like the t- like the just you're being re- like you're ridiculous. You're you're grandstanding. Right. Like you don't mean which almost what somebody should have said when he said Gracie Dallas should quit playing basketball. <laughs> like Jason Williams' face should have been that. Just what I mean, that's stupid. I mean, Jason didn't say stupid, but his face did, and he was like, no, no, they shouldn't be out yeah. for the year. That's ridiculous. Um, so anyway. but it wasn't like Reese Davis. That was his. That was his take. Is that they should be out for the year? No. Okay. Like, well, UCLA be out for the year. Uh, Seth wanted them in prison. <laughs> I like the people that are, that also are like, um, if they're going to be a one and done, then send them out for the year. Like what? Like you can't. Right. Like, uh, okay, well, ask them if they're going to be a one and done. Nah, I'm here. No, I'm, I'm for all four, four years. <laughs> like, how do you I'm gonna redshirt this year. Be a one and done. Okay. Well, all right, so but if, if you go one and done <laughs> on me, I'm going to be very mad. Now, the other thing about Grace and Allen is, again, obviously. If you play well, you'll always just attract more fans. You, you know what I mean? Uh, so if he continues to score 37 a game, I predict that he'll be very popular headed to the NBA if he averages 37 points a game this year. But beyond that, uh, there is that cycle of like, well, naturally, even if you, if you didn't know much about him, the first thing you heard about him was as a villain, just a bad guy. Right. Um, he, I mean, even though he, he had a hero turn before that, it's just like the underdog off the bench who had a great game. So then he – was turned to a villain in people's eyes, depending on, you know, however much you think of that stuff. And then there's almost that element of like, yeah, but the villain's kind of cool, right? Like our bad guys kind of cool. And, uh, and now I think he's, he's that guy playing out. Um, cause he's, he's not playing with an attitude. It's just like, he's playing. Uh, right. Um, did you, did you find the Batman watch. quote or no? I didn't. I found okay, so the, the only the one I found like, Commissioner Gordon like was like the, he the, take the hero, like the hero. You stick around long enough, and you're the, like villain, the villain. That that Grayson Allen is doing the opposite, which I think is going to have a, a, an opposite effect on people, which kind of segues into our next topic here. Um, what's going to end up happening is people hated Grayson Allen for right. for two years, hated him. Right? right. So if he has a year where he's really good and doesn't have any reason to hate him. People are going to start looking at themselves and be like, well, why, why, am, "Why am I'm like I'm I'm the, the especially if they're having if they seem to be having fun too." And, and sometimes that can turn into like a stronger hate. So yep. maybe that'll go that way. We see that with the next guy that we're talking about, yep. Cam Newton. There's nothing I love more than when Cam is good and relaxed and having fun because it makes people. So angry about it. <laughs> like when he's bad, they're like, oh, look, he's not a quarterback. He, like he can't right, be a quarterback. Right, right. But when he's good in, in being Cam, people cannot handle it. And that's where we are right now. And I'm so glad to have it back. All right. My question for you on this topic is it seems like he keeps getting better as his options at receiver get worse. Uh, Greg Olson was out. I mean, I don't know the exact timeline of how he performed after that, whenever Greg Olson went out. Then they traded Kelvin Benjamin. Now Curtis Samuel's going down, but I think Cam will only get better. Uh, and there was all the talk of like, well, we're just going to keep him in the pocket. We're not going to do this a lot. But like, clearly, that's not what we should be right. doing with Cam Newton. It's, it's stupid. Right. And now, I don't know if you've seen this uh, – this stat where through his first seven seasons and Cam's at like six and a half now or whatever, most yards don't 
yards total, passing or rushing combined, and the top two are like Peyton and maybe Matt Ryan or somebody else, and Cam's like working his way up that. Now, obviously, Cam's is more weighted on his running than anybody else's, but it's like stop overthinking and and like stop just seeing Aaron Rodgers' pretty 40-yard passes every time and realize that like yards are freaking yards and these guys move the ball as much as anyone else has in their NFL career in the first – seven years but my question is with his receiver options going down but seemingly only making him stronger how soon until we actually see him throw like a 10 yard pass to himself like he's running out on a, on a bootleg and there's nobody in the flat but he kind of sees a pocket and he just sort of like hurls one up <laughs> over a linebacker and catches to himself will we see it happen uh, I mean, he's he's tall, right? Yeah. So he can't overthrow himself. That's true. So uh, I, I see him being a good receiver for for himself. It would be. I mean, you could do that, right? It wouldn't be the worst play if you were just a one on one situation with with like a linebacker is coming at you, and you think right. you know to like maybe just like loop it up five yards over, try to him. It's a pretty risky play, but you know, can't he's throwing some. He's thrown some, you know, nutty passes at times. I could see him trying to throw a pass to himself. So not that Cam would happen. So not that Cam would get either of these calls. But if he's in the flat, right? He's one on one in the flat, throws the ball up, and then runs to catch it, and the guy hits him. Is it, is it pass interference? The, is it roughing the passer <laughs> or, or pass interference? It's got to be. Isn't it? If he's if his intent is to throw to himself, you can't like hold him as the pass right. in the air, right? Can he get a pass interference call? Certainly not. But like you said, then does it bring uh, roughing the passer into play? <laughs> or what if, what if he got both? Um, obviously, you have to pick which one you're accepting. But that'd be funny if. Uh, but of course, I mean, can't would you? Get that it's call. a personal foul in in a spot. Well, it's, it'd be a spot foul, so you, it's right where it is. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, because now now more and more they're like trying to yeah making sure you don't get out right. of like. Uh, uh, personal foul just because it was on top of something yeah. Uh, but we know because it's Cam you wouldn't get either of those no, calls. He, no. he doesn't get any calls no. Duke men's basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski has won championships and gold medals earned awards and accolades for his coaching leadership and good works been adored by his supporters and abhorred by rival fans, but he is almost universally respected. He recently won his 1,000th game at Duke, but before the season began, he did something he had never done before, and that is he joined Sports Channel 8 for an interview. As a side note, from my time working with The David Glenn Show and now Sports Channel 8, I can tell you that Coach Krzyzewski and Duke do an outstanding job of working with the local media, as well as trying to fill the countless requests he gets nationally and even internationally. His policy of reserving time for the local media will be a small but meaningful part of his overall legacy, and we were honored to get a few minutes to speak with him at the most recent ACC Media Day. Some people will go beyond that and argue you are one of, if not the greatest, coaching people of all time. Coaches, just the word coach, forget the sport. I want to test that, and I've got something that I think can test that. Would you be willing to be the head coach of the U.S. men's soccer team? That could prove it. If you could get those guys to the World Cup, you'd be the greatest. I don't want to be a normal fan and say that I can coach something that I don't know how to coach, you know, and, uh, but uh, that's a tough gig, and, it, you know, it's a, it's a reverse culture for us in that the rest of the world was way ahead of us in that sport, and uh, 
we have to learn how to acclimate and play it from birth like those other countries do and uh, so it's, it's, it's building a, a culture within our country which I think is being built with the level of popularity of soccer with youth today. Sure. It would certainly be a different project from Team USA Basketball oh, where yeah, yeah. they had fallen but had been the top brand. You just sort of needed to restore oh, yeah. that top, top dogness. Yeah. But you know, you also have to figure out like what makes those other countries. You know, like we actually had to figure that out for USA Basketball. Even though we had the most talent, we didn't have all the talent. And, you know, but we were playing their, their game. Yep. And so we had to adjust and learn how to play their game. And a huge thing for us was building continuity and a sense of nationalism that was paramount in the success of all these other countries. And we were able to do that to a level where, and with our talent, with those two elements, uh, we became successful. Do you think rebuilding Team USA Soccer would be almost like building Duke basketball when you first arrived, when they were in the mix, but not really, they didn't well, have near the expectations? I, at least I knew basketball. Yeah. You know, uh, look, I hope they, they figure that out because, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know, for me, I can't follow it because they played so many different times of the year. Yep. Uh, you know, where when you're playing basketball, it seems to be a more structured time frame and your preparation time and when you do it. But, uh, you have to have great development uh, programs, and I would think that our collegiate program is huge, but I bet if you looked at our collegiate programs, many of them are dominated by international yep. players. Or our collegiate guys are playing internationally during that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about your family, but let's talk with your basketball family and who you came with today. Grayson Allen's here, but he was the only player that came. Did nobody want to come with him? Does he not have any no, friends on the you team? Know, he's our only senior. We only have one junior, and Antonio Brankovic hardly played last sure. year. And then they said, well, bring one of your freshmen, and you can't bring one of your freshmen. That's true. You know, so we said, look, that's what we got. <laughs> and we're not trying to disrespect anybody or anything like that. But it wasn't because he doesn't have friends on the team, right? No, he has many friends on the team. We asked him that, too. So. Yeah, he's got, in fact, guys want to be his friends, uh, his friends. And no, no, he's good. And this is a great thing for him to be able to express himself and, and represent our yep. program. Jokes about being here alone aside. Um, last year it seemed almost like he, uh, just in talking to media, not necessarily here, he seemed like he was trying to get a message out almost because he was supposed to, you know, of addressing what had happened and how this year was going to be different. That seemed like last year. This year sitting with him, he seemed very relaxed. He didn't seem to have a message. He laughed a little bit about the media. Um, without getting deep into the, the psyche of Grayson Allen that's been over-talked about too much, does he seem more relaxed now yeah, after making is. the decision to return to school? One of the main things is he's healthy. You know, the entire season last year was hurt. You know, the first nine games that we played, he never practiced. He never even shot the ball until warm-ups of that game. So you're never at your best. You're never at uh, peak condition. Uh, and then and other things can happen, and other things did happen. Uh, 
you know, then you got to, okay, after his sophomore year, you're an All-American. After your freshman year, a, a hero that helped win the national championship. After your junior year, you just publicly flogged and hurt the whole year. And, and then, so now, what are you, you going to do now? And uh, uh, he's a great kid. Uh, he understands his responsibilities. But I think a, a real important thing is that he's, he's completely healthy. He can draw upon all three years of experience. He knows what it is not to play. You play a little bit, how to be great. When the media shines on you, when the media doesn't shine on you, uh, wow. You know, talk about a kid that's had a lot of experiences. So hopefully our team will benefit from that. Good to stay talking with your family now, move specifically to your more personal family. Uh, we happen to sit across sometimes from your daughter, Debbie, during games. She's very into games. My question is, did you teach her how to work officials or did she teach you how to work officials? Yeah, she's pretty she good at it. She, I don't think she likes them, <laughs> especially when uh, she doesn't think the call goes in, in our way. Uh, you know, our family, not just Debbie, has been really close. Uh, uh, we've always, we call ourselves uh, a team, you know, and uh, we've never, we've always included our daughters and our three daughters. And, uh, so, uh, you know, it's, they have my back, you know, and so I love the fact that they're into it like they are. And Debbie is actually an assistant athletic director yep. and works directly with our program. So she's even more intimately involved. She knows those guys. She's the one who put them, she's the one who coordinated Countdown Craziness, the poster, interaction with the students. So she's much more personally involved. I'm going to move to another very important member of your family, your wife, Mickey Krzyzewski. Um, she's, because you are a famous person, she's been cast in the, the spotlight sometimes too. I've really enjoyed John Feinstein's book, The Legends Club, partly because I grew up in Raleigh, you know, raised on ACC basketball. He's with a pretty the, good writer. With, well, he's a good writer, but you guys have some great stories. But one of the things that struck me was that he could do another book about Linnea Smith, Pam Valvano, yeah, yeah. and Mickey Krzyzewski. I mean, they keep popping up in those stories. I think at the time, you know, where she gave you her feedback on Bob Knight and, and things like that. Is there a story maybe that's not in that book that best illustrates what it means to be a college basketball coach's wife that, that you've seen your wife sort of endure in a way that she'll never get credit the way you are, but to read that book, you see yeah. how much well, you, you know, are a team. You mentioned three amazing ladies, my wife and Linnea, Dean's uh, wife and, and Pam Belvano, Pam Strasser now. Sure. Uh, they're great friends. They, they were, they came up like we did yep. at the time where relationships were better. Sure. You know, it, uh, no one was in it completely for money and all that. And, uh, you know, to be, I think for us, I don't know how it is for anyone else, Nikki uh, and I have been a team. And, you know, she's very talented. And when I became a college basketball coach, she became a college basketball coach. And, uh, so I've used her ideas, her creativity. Uh, she's been an integral part of our program. And, 
now that we have 10 grandchildren, she still is an integral part of our program. She's let Debbie, Lindy, and Jamie be a little bit more of doing that. But uh, it's nice to know you have the backing of your, of your team and your family team. Final question. When's the last time you wore a Halloween costume? Uh, some people say I wear a Halloween costume every, every game I, I coach. What do they say the costume is? No, no. Just being Coach K. Oh, just uh, putting you know, on the Coach K costume. interesting thing. This happened uh, a year ago. A year ago or two years ago. Um, I don't dress up at all. Whatever. I'm at Debbie's house. Okay. And seeing what my four, her four kids are wearing. And as we're sitting there, a group comes up for trick-or-treat and one of the guys is dressed as me. <laughs> and he looked a heck of a lot better. A heck of a lot better. I said, how can I buy your costume? So, yeah, well, actually, he looked decent. What did he have? Like the dark no, he hair? Had a, like big nose and ears and uh, receding hairline. And uh, But no, he had... Yeah. Did he do a voice? Could he do an impression? Did he, he have a little... Didn't do that. Uh, quite, couldn't, couldn't go full of Jay Billis well, and do a he just, he just wanted the candy and get the heck out of it. Did he get what he came for? He did. He did, did he, he give did. more or less because he was more. dressed like you? A little bit more. But then we had to watch so the other kids didn't see that I was playing, playing, uh, playing favorites. Next topic, let's keep it on football, and there's a little bit of good football left in the state. Uh, North Carolina State lost to Clemson, lost at Notre Dame, and but they beat Boston College, so they're still on track for a good mm-hmm. season. Basically, I haven't heard much talk about it. We need to, we're still looking for a sponsor. If you want to be the sponsor if you, of the unofficial but make it official North Carolina Football State Championship, uh, certainly n- – the state championship is on the line, Wake versus NC State. Oh, yeah. Right? There's nobody else that can make a claim to right. it. App Hatton had a great season, and App sort of has to have a above and beyond season. Uh, and they lost to Wake. Wake beat App. So Wake beat App. ECU can't say anything. So so Duke still has to play Wake. They beat Carolina. Stop. They could be 2-0. They beat Central. They could be 3-0 in the state. All right. If, if Wake beats State and Duke beats Wake – they might have a claim to the, it. The I Duke guess. has a claim yeah, to the yeah, state yeah. championship. If state be, yeah. beats Wake, but Duke beats Wake, then I think it's, it's state. still state. Then I think yeah, it's state. It's still state. All right, so, you would find a way to put Duke in yeah. there. But are you, stats are stats. Man. Are you expecting Duke to be? No. But no. Who, who, who does, all right. Well, well uh, let's talk specifically about <laughs> NC State. The, the, the state championship is this weekend. Yeah. In Winston Salem, who's going to win it and who's going to coach at their school longer, Dave Doran or Dave Clawson? Um. And maybe that's the trophy is like a contract somewhere else. 
What? Like it's a like like whoever you know, wins. I'm not trying to get it at NC State, right? You don't think Doran <laughs> likes NC State? But I do wonder how interesting a prospect he'll be. Obviously, anytime you take Wake to a bowl game, you're going to raise some eyebrows. You've done right. something good. Um, Dave Clawson has done sort of the classic progression from terrible to not so terrible to average to now above average. And uh, and when you do it at Wake Forest, I think he'll get uh, acclaim. Um, so we just talked about this on uh, on the on the tripartisan podcast. Check like that out. Just iTunes, talking like about literally in the studio right now. Um, looking at the two people, right? Clawson has a good year at Wake, right? If he doesn't leave, right, and stays at Wake, the odds of him, the odds of him ever leaving and right. and being like you know getting a good elevated job somewhere are slim. Although didn't he have like three more years of Wolford? Like maybe I think. <laughs> I'm kidding. He may, he may have been there for he's been there a while already. Um, But you're not like Wake isn't a program that you're going to build into a powerhouse, right? Right. State could be right. So if you're if you're going to turn down a job to stay where you are, state has better long term prospects. And what we were thinking about is like programs that you build into something big. Virginia Tech with Frank Beamer, sure, and and Florida State with Bobby Bowden. State can be one of those programs if Doran sticks around, keeps doing what he's doing this year, starts winning some of these games that probably should have won. Yep. But Dave Doran is never going to build Wake into something that's a consistent powerhouse. Like he's got to get out of there, in my opinion. You mean Dave Clawson? Dave Clawson. Yeah, sorry, Dave Clawson. Yeah. Yeah. Just just because it's so hard at Wake. Yeah. Um, uh, be interesting to see what kind of leap it would take to get him out of uh, Wake Forest. And I think their fans understand that too. I think Wake fans <laughs> understand that that program is never going to be Stop. an elite level. Stop. Stop. Uh, who's winning that game? Uh. For the for the fun, I would love to see Wake Forest win that game. I, I kind of think they will, especially when they put up the sixty four yeah. on Syracuse yeah. and uh, setting offensive records. And uh, Wolford Wolford's going for uh, All ACC QB. I yeah. think I think they're going to be thrown around. It'll be interesting. It'll be a fun game to watch. Um, much more so than. Uh, well, we'll talk about Duke and North Carolina a little bit. Let's get outside of North Carolina just a little bit, but it pertains to the ACC. Can Miami and Clemson both get into the college football playoff? They're in the top four right mm-hmm. now, newest rankings, which I feel like the committee's doing just to make things interesting because they know that Miami and Clemson are going to play each other and they're not going to put – Right, none of it matters. Them. There's no way. Yeah. I don't care how it breaks out. When Miami and Clemson play each other, the winner will go to the college football playoff and the loser will not. I don't care if every other team involved in the scenario loses every game between now and then. They're just not going to have – those two teams play each other and then both advance. Although, from the ACC, I guess if any two programs, those could be. But but even still, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and I I watched the um, the the seven hour special that ESPN had last night that had college basketball like as an intermission to their football <laughs> yeah, yeah. show. Um, and yeah, you're, you're right. There's no way if you think about it. And, and again, like we like to put things in basketball terms because we're in North Carolina. If Sorry. the NCAA selection committee did a show like that, right? Right. And uh, two weeks before the end of the season, they said uh, North Carolina is a, is a number one seed. Right. They still have to play Duke. They still right, have right, the right. ACC, ACC tournament. tournament. Everything yeah. can change. Like, it's yeah. the same in college football. Yes. Uh, you know, Alabama's number one. They could lose to Auburn. There's two games coming up they could lose. Yeah. And cool. and, and, they're, and they could be out, you yeah. know. Um, so now, you, it's just, it's it's all a 
conversation starter uh, in, in the, there's no way that ACC is going to get two teams in. It's just not, the math isn't there. Perhaps more importantly than whether it's Miami or Clemson who represents us in the college football playoff is, and we did a tribute video to this, um, Swain, you now have to retire. The Miami has never been to Charlotte. Hurricanes, not in Charlotte. Um, did you have a favorite of those? Was there a reason in particular why you went after Miami not winning a Coastal Division title? I mean, we've linked Ebola to the jokes. Right. We've linked actual, you know, hurricane. Right. Um, you've, we've referenced Miami's uh, – I thought it was particularly clever when you referenced Miami's record since joining the ACC in every North Carolina city, including, you know, 1-0 in, Bo- <laughs> in Boone, North Carolina, right. where they beat App State, but 0-0 zero, zero in Charlotte. Um, would you, do, are, you have a, f- a favorite of that uh, mix that you're going to miss? I, I think my favorite joke was the uh, when Michigan went over to Italy and, and visited with the Pope. Uh, yeah, yeah, once in a lifetime. The trip. once in a lifetime trips, uh, like Miami going to Charlotte. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss it, and it was it was funny. Really, it came from when Miami came into the ACC, the whole All Canes Conference, sure, uh, chestiness that came, yeah, that came in. Yeah, with, like Florida State, Miami every year for the ACC title. Right. It, it was the entire basis behind the way the divisions are set up too was to get a second Miami Florida state game in Charlotte. That's every it. And they even year. started like there was going to be that they started off playing them at the beginning of the year. So they could like both climb back into the standings. Right. So they'd both be number one, number two when they would meet in the AC championship right. game. Uh, and so it was funny all along. It became much funnier when Duke and then North Carolina both won division championships before Miami did. That was, that was, that made it even yes. funnier. Yes. Yes. Um, so no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss those jokes, but Miami's, like legitimately fun to watch this year. I like the turnover chain thing. I think it's a cool. That idea. was it was it was solid that they started that in a year where they ended up being awesome and getting a lot of turnovers. Yeah. and I'm, I mean, I don't, I can't think that the guys are trying harder to get interceptions to wear the turnover chain. At, but at they the same might be. Time, at the, <laughs> at might the same be. time, it's know. just awesome. You never um, know. And I mean, how many? How many turnover chain like gimmicks are we going to see next year? Oh god, yeah, like it's going to be. Oh, it's the it's the it's the you know the fumble hel- the fumble hat or whatever you know for you know the the strip sacks the strict sack <laughs> lunch sack. I, I don't know. I don't even know what it's going to be. But we're going to see multiple copycat. Alabama things. fans are mad because they've had like a championship belt for a few years. Uh, like when their defense forces a turnover, they get to wear a belt uh, I got on you. the sideline. So they're they're a little upset about it. Um, Sorry, Tennessee Tennessee had a pretty good uh gimmick this year for turnovers, which was the trash can. So like <laughs> was that what that was? Yeah. I never even figured out what that was before. Yeah, so. So, th- so they had a trash can where if you like recover a fumble you get to come dunk it in the trash can. Which <laughs> is so like Butch Jones chose a trash can while Mark Richt chose like a gold rope. Yeah. One of those guys took a marketing class in college. Exactly. Like the, the trash can versus the turnover. Can chain. we see something like that in college basketball? Oh, ooh, great question. It have to be it's gotta be something like, you know, there's so much scoring and obviously like turnovers and things like that. It's gotta be something that happens fairly rarely, you know, that like it's not guaranteed to happen every game, but when it does, it's a pretty big deal. What would be something like that? I don't know. Like a bu- like a half court, no, like a buzzer beat. I'd like to see it where if you if you dunk on somebody, the coach calls timeout and like <laughs> takes that player out and he gets to wear a chain on the bench. No, 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 it can't, can't be that. <laughs> uh, we've already got enough. We're already we got too much. What, what would be what would be a good? Uh, I'm trying to think. 
I mean, turnover chain, you could keep it with the defense, you know what I mean? Like, b- blocks would be the best thing, cause, you know, but, but you still are getting too many of those a game. But what about um, – I, I would say pinning somebody. Like, you could, cause it, you could get a pin, right. you know. Uh, what about, uh, uh, yeah, it's got to be – because there's no, like – in football, you get a turnover, you come off the field. Right. In basketball, you got to stay on the court. What about a headband? He just gets tossed out to you. Yeah. Or what's what? Maybe it's something you could. Um, maybe if you got like a. Maybe if you got a block. You get, they would like toss you the t-shirt gun. And you got to like fire it off or something. You know. Like, I don't know. I was thinking like shoot a gun. Or like know. it. Like it pit. If you're a really good player, you get to wear the jersey of another school <laughs> the next year. It's like Red Rover. You adopt <laughs> like, out. Uh, we're gonna go give you a UNT jersey now. How worried is Pitt gotta be about that? About somebody just like defecting? Like the like, r- report like. So and so is not coming back to Pittsburgh. They've actually decided <laughs> to uh, to stay like uh, with the University of Virginia. They selected Virginia because of their you know, refugee laws. Uh, Virginia's forced by law to take them. You're not allowed to strand a pit player who has you know given up. Uh, Are there any arenas that you can think of that they share the same tunnel? You know, like players go off the court and they go in the same tunnel. <laughs> like that's the that's the situation where the pit guy like runs past the pit locker room and into the other locker room and, and they're, they're like immunity. Um, no, what uh, it, it is always. I always thought that was just like a crazy thing when like the Cuban baseball team would come play and like they always knew some dudes were trying to defect yeah. and yet they would still be like. All right, you guys can go to the mall, but like we're sending guys to, to like watch you. And it's like that would always be like how they got away. They like hid in the dressing room or whatever. Right. When it came out for head count time, they like sprinted out the back or whatever. You know, like <laughs> no, you, I think part of the game is like you've got to figure out a way to escape when like the assistant coaches don't see you. Like you got to go to check in and then just like suddenly keep walking and then sit on the bench. But like once you're on the bench, it, like you said, like once you, if you get the other team's jersey on without them noticing, then you're out of pit <laughs> scot free. Um, Speaking of transfers, I'm changing up the topics, but we should. Um, we'll, we'll throw out. We're not going to talk about Duke and UNC football. No, the, the UNC won an ACC game. I'm changing up a topic. Congratulations. Um, speaking of uh, transfers, Braxton Beverly, the Braxton Beverly case at NC State. Was this? Um, th- do we applaud the NCAA? Was it like why did it take you so long, or is this? Uh, was it just really, really bad timing? Where it maybe they wouldn't have even changed their mind if it hadn't been something they announced right after announcing all the UNC stuff. So you, you gotta you gotta admire the NCAA for getting it right, and I think you have to give them. I think a pass. so. Now where this is coming from though is is you're you're not married, Hayes. So ladies, he's not okay. he's not married. I am. Um, it's sort of like when. You know, you make dinner or take out the trash or do something that, like, you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, instead of just, like, letting it go, like, hey, you know, you did something you were supposed to do, it's the, well, I had to remind you about it. Right. You know? Like, right, right, right. It's, it's kind of like that with the NCAA. Like, I wish I hadn't have had to ask you <laughs> to make Beverly. I wish we hadn't had to hire lawyers to send you. Yeah. Right. Like, just you got what you wanted. They did the right thing. Uh, maybe the next time they learn from it and like just go ahead and say common sense, yes, go for it. Because it went, it went denied, appeal denied, and then I don't. What do you even call the next thing? Like threatened to sue, appeal. Like what, and they like, put out some like very strange wording, like uh, due to new information that we received. Yeah, which 
Well, the information was he's got a lawyer. I will say the NCA <laughs> has gotten they, they had uh, in ways been better about these like silly PR ones because it it how it should have worked out is originally denied because the rule is as written that that he has to sit out a year. So it's an original on the appeal is when you show like yo this is a little bit different. He only went for a couple of days and then the coach left after he had gotten assurance and they had asked him to call. You know what I mean? Like right. that is what to me it appeals for. And I feel like the NCA has gotten better about like the yo this kid's grandmother got cancer and he wants to be back home. Why are we going to hold the line on that? Right. You know, like those those appeals are, have been getting through. When the kid said I don't have enough to eat, they said fine. You guys can give them all the snacks you want. The cream cheese thing is done. You know, have all the bagels you want, whatever. You can have training table all day. They've gotten a little bit better about the PR stuff, so it was a bit surprising that they didn't reverse it on appeal. And that yes, that's kicked it to the level of like, I get yeah. You spent you took so much time doing it, right. you don't even get credit for the doing of it now. Yeah, I think um, you know the NCAA is the rules that they, that they have are made up by the schools. Right, it's right. Not, it's not some like right. It's not in a room committee. Right, that's just randomly coming up with the rules. Like the schools decide on this, and the schools have decided on transfer restrictions. And so the NCAA's job is to protect that. I think once they got to the point where they realized that schools all over the NCAA were like, "Dude, he he should be right. playing," including right. the two most directly involved. Then they right. know that that it's okay. But like every decision they make becomes a rule, right? And so like yeah. What's the fallout from them making Beverly available to play now? Is it like the next time a kid transfers? Is it going to be a big yeah, fight no, to get him on the court right away? No, absolutely, and I do think they they um, they're they worry about is this going to be the cause of like do we have to change legislation or change a rule? But I, I think I don't know where I stand on the you know totally free reign transfer, but in the case of coach leaving. I feel like it, it seems like a pretty obvious kid should be able to transfer to me. Um, and, and I feel like maybe they're worried about this seems like we're basically letting that happen now. Coach transferred, I mean, coach left so kid could transfer scot-free, and that's not a rule. And they're worried about it. They're worried about it becoming the de facto rule, basically. Right. Um, and that's why they held off. But I, I thought when, upon appeal, uh, uh, it would have been a good time for the NCAA to, to relent. No, I'm super excited about this last topic, but I want to slide something in there, and I'm going to force it into a segue, so, so stick with me here. Um, are times changing around college basketball or sports in general because of recent current events? And I'll talk about one, and then I'll talk about another. The first one is Kansas sat out their big-time freshman last night <laughs> Because he got in an accident, a one-car accident on campus. The statement was amazing. And when it was reported to the school, somebody at Kansas was like, why does he have that car? Yeah. And so, like, the wording of it was, like the want some more financial information or something. About you know, the financial car. Right, information right, right. about the uh, possession the fi- of the car. Yeah. And so they, they held him out. And obviously that's coming from, like, all the stuff that's going on right sure. now. Um the other thing that happened in the, the halftime of the Kansas Kentucky game, did you see any of that game or I did see that game. I don't think I saw halftime. Okay, so at halftime, um what was the sideline reporter's name again? Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor. So she she, she I think she's the one who spelled out um 
last year for the Patino game. Hey, Patino, U-S-U-C-K. I, mean, I, think that was, <laughs> I think it's the same Maria Taylor. She didn't want to say suck. So she was, uh, she was doing a halftime interview with Calipari, and um, he starts talking, and in the course of them talking, he grabs her arm. Uh, and it's just talking and is, and is holding on to her arm. And, um, finally she kind of like does like, like get off me, you know, kind of, kind of emotion. And he was like, Oh, is that grabbing you too, too hard or something like that? And she was like, yeah, it was a little tight. I'm not one of your players. And like kind of hit him with, and it's good. Like it, it, to me, like it wasn't a huge deal. It was probably completely harmless. But at the same time, for her to feel like it's okay for me to say, dude, get your hand right, off right, my right in that moment. Yeah. Like are are we starting to see some improvement around sports where questions are starting to be asked and, and things are trying to be challenged that have never been challenged before. Well, we, we saw that and uh, we saw the, the barstool thing a couple of weeks ago where clearly it was driven by, you know, the females who um, felt uncomfortable with uh, some of the way that, that they'd been referred to or whatever. So um, yes, I do think that, that, that it is partly um, some of the change in there. What was your original, what was your other thing that you're comparing it to the Maria Taylor was there another situation? No, I was just going to go into the, the the fans also kind of going back in the media for switching schools, <laughs> uh, switching, switching beats around. Yes, yes. Because, man, that's uh, that caused uh, quite a controversy last night. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago where the NNO made an interesting move where they were mixing up uh, you know, all their beat writers. Now, part of this is they're m- meshing in some new beat writers from the Herald Sun. Uh, and then, and most of that, Steve Wiseman, who. Well, maybe we should rerun uh, RL's piece on that on Sports Channel Eight. Now we could do that. Although, RL Bynum uh, on Sports Channel Eight. New contributor. I don't know if I have uh, if we have proprietary rights. If that's something that he wrote for somebody else. No, but uh, last, the the transition I guess is now being made as we move from college football to college basketball. Right. We saw uh, members of the North Carolina football media bidding Andrew Carter farewell as he rolls off the UNC beat to go to the. Investigative team. Investigative team. We've seen Joe Giglio finish up with state football, and now he'll move over to Carolina basketball, right? Correct. And then the Jonathan Alexander's on Duke. From preps, uh, from recruiting to covering Duke. To Duke. And Steve Wiseman going from Duke, from, football from Duke over to, to NC, NC State. state. So, so to set the scenario, Steve Wiseman is at an NC State game last night while the Champions Classic is being played, and he observes that the beat that he used to be on is having an interesting game, while the beat that he is currently on is down 10-2 to Bryant. Now, NC State beat Bryant, so all good there. Uh, however, here's what he, so, so he, he said... Duke fans follow Jason. Jason, yeah, follow uh, this guy. He's the guy, not me. He's a new for, guy for Duke. Not Jason, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, Alexander. I was the Jason, Jason Alexander, Alexander from Seinfeld. George Costanza, which would be a great beat writer. I think would be by on the, the way. Duke beat. Uh, and so he said, you know, follow follow John Alexander. Related to the last tweet, the team I now cover is trailing ten to two, ten to two to Bryant, forcing the head coach to call for a break in the action to instruct his team. That's all he said. Now you can you can the, the team I now cover. You know. Uh, there, there might have been a little suggestiveness in there, right. but nothing egregious, right? That that could, that could be a sigh, you know. Uh, that's a big game. Many of us have done that when you're at a game and there's another bigger game going on. If you're at State Carolina and, oops, well that was it. Our recording cut off, so we missed the last about three minutes of the podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with a new podcast. 
For Sports Channel 8, I'm Hayes Permar. You're listening to Sports Channel 8, North Carolina's number one sports network.